Welcome to our Apostolic Mentoring Weekly Podcast, where powerfully anointed kingdom servants equip, impart, and help to position God's people for apostolic ministry. Our purpose is to establish the biblical apostolic pattern globally so that the army of God will be apostolic in word and deed, facilitating God's global harvest. Here's your host, Charles Robinette. on a journey, and at times our paths intertwine. We share moments of victories and, no doubt, the valleys. But some have the sheer determination to be radical. Today, I have the privilege to converse with someone who knows the costs to be radical and spare no expense to fulfill the mandate. What mandate? The apostolic mandate. We'll be right back for the journey, everyone. Welcome back to The Journey, everyone. And so I have the distinct honor and privilege to introduce you to my friend, Charles G. Robinett, apostolic evangelist and author of this must-read book, Radically <laughs> Apostolic. Welcome to The Journey, sir. What an honor to be with you. I feel so humbled. Thank you. It's it's indeed a pleasure to to have you. And again, Everybody needs to get this book, Radically Apostolic, the reality, the journey, and the reward of the call of God. Shall we plug in? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's, let's talk about this book, which has definitely shifted my paradigm of what it truly means to be apostolic. And I know some friends of mine wanted, and I can't part ways with it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so, therefore, I am I am imploring you to get it. And later in the show, we'll tell you how to do so. But we're going to plug in with our author today. Well-written, 
Thank you. Very challenging, but in a good way to really go after God and to possess Amen. everything that he has Amen. for us. In the forward, uh, Raymond Woodard uh, explained so powerfully the true essence of what it means to be radical. He talked about going back to the foundation, yes, going back to the basics, the epicenter of what it's yes, really ma'am. all about. And you shared that at 14 years old, you were baptized and shortly thereafter you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But what shifted for you to be from moving from being apostolic to radical? Yes, ma'am. Talk to us. Well, I mean, I think the first, of course, being uh, I talk about this a lot in the chapter about radical exposure and radical impartation. Yes. My pastor, um, my first pastor, Bill Nix, um, Ypsilanti, Michigan, mm-hmm. my pastor was just an incredible uh, apostolic leader yeah. that felt a great burden to provide that that kingdom exposure to everybody in his church. And so that was the beginning of that apostolic journey or that radically apostolic journey was the opportunities that my pastor Bill Nix presented. And then it was my pastor Bill Nix who created the opportunity for me to connect with the apostle Billy Cole and to go with him on a crusade to Ethiopia. And I will never, ever forget that experience in Ethiopia because When I got there, of course, I was apostolic in doctrine. I had been filled with the spirit. I had spoken with other tongues. I had been baptized in Jesus name. I I had the doctrinal understanding of the apostolic faith, but the demonstration side had Mm. not yet clicked yet in me. And so I get to Ethiopia and here we gather at a crowd that some estimated was nearly 500,000 people. You could not see the end of the crowd. It was a sea of people. People. And I will never forget witnessing the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Ethiopia when over a hundred thousand people were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. One hundred thousand people. And that was the conservative Mm. estimate. Mm. The report of the national church came back so much higher. higher. But Brother Cole was always concerned about being conservative in our Mm. reports about what God did. And so the team reported about 110,000 were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. But I remember when it happened, it was like a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty Mm. wind filled that big just... Uh, center where we were and people were shouting it it was so loud the 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 people the crowd they were being filled with the spirit baptized by the spirit and i will never forget that and then leaving that crusade that night Mm -hmm. and as an observer i was there as a young observer just trying to understand all of this what is this it doesn't <laughs> yeah. even make sense yeah. how do, is this re, you know mm-hmm. how does this happen? is this even real huh? i mean that's the reality yeah and um i remember heading up the staircase that night um to the hotel uh to my room in the hotel and brother uh cole shouted up the stairs and he said he said brother robinette 
He said, you, you are preaching the youth crusade tonight. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> and that's how he was. Wow. There was no prep, no advance, wow. no whatever God said. And I remember, you know, saying to him, oh, Brother Cole, I don't even have any sermons. I don't, you know, I tried to get out of yeah. preaching so bad. You ran away, huh? I wanted to run so mm. far from that. Mm. And that evening, uh, Pastor Jason Barnum and Brother Pastor Jathan Marcelli mm -hmm. and myself went to this youth crusade of thousands wow. of young people. And I was supposed to speak the word of faith. Me, a nobody, nowhere, who had just witnessed his first apostolic outpouring demonstration of the power mm -hmm. and spirit of the Lord. And and so I, I remember it so clearly. Brother Varnum and Brother Marcelli preached so powerfully and and I, I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and the Lord said, all I want you to do is walk up there and, and just read this one scripture, scripture, you know. And I walked to the pulpit. I read, you know, this, this Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. I read that. And all of a sudden, God said, now speak the word of faith like you saw the apostles speak. Wow. And when you do it. I'll fill all of these people with the Holy Ghost. Wow. And so I speak the word of faith that day. And in that first time operating in the gift of faith and the word of faith, God filled over 600 young people with the gift the of the, gift Holy, of the Ghost. Holy Ghost. And it was such a transformational kingdom moment mm -hmm. for me, such mm -hmm. a shift in the and an apostolic ministry. Yeah. When I got back to North America, there was no way that I was ever going to believe that God could do anything less than everything ever again. What a journey. Yeah. And so, you know, once you are there, once you have that exposure, okay. once you have that impartation, once you have that, you know, some things are caught and not taught. And right. we were talking about this yes, in, yeah. in our waiting room. Mm -hmm. You you have to be there. You've got to get in close proximity yeah. to apostolic things. You can't just watch from afar. Uh, That's what the sons of the yeah, prophets yes. did. They knew what was going to happen, when it was going to happen, how it was going to happen, but they weren't there when it happened because they were watching from a hill when a farmer said, I'll be there. I want to be there. A nobody from nowhere who had no training, no experience, had he didn't know what was going to happen, didn't know when, how, no idea what was going on. The guys who knew what was going to happen didn't have the, the guts to be there, but a farmer who had knew nothing just wanted to pour water on the hands of the prophet and and he gets cl in close proximity to a man of God and something falls from heaven, mm -hmm. picks up the mantle, slaps the water, says, where's the God of my father? Walks across. And all of a sudden, here comes this young prophet, young prophet, a guy who shouldn't have been there, but got in proximity, paid the price to be in proximity. And that's where it comes, what it comes down to. You know, what are, where are you willing to be? Right. What are you going to get close to? You know, talk about it all you want, but are, were you there? Were you there? Whew. So. And then you came back. Yes, ma'am. You went to a meeting and God gave you this vision. Yes. I feel God here. I do too. I feel the Holy Ghost here. You, you got a vision of these stadiums. Yes, ma'am. And you said the Lord spoke to you and said, I built those for yes. you. Yes. 
Talk to us about that grandiose vision of these stadiums. I was in um, uh, Madison, Mississippi at the Apostolic Conference with Pastor Jason Dillon, one of the greatest, most intentional, purposeful conferences globally. Uh, They bring North American missions pastors, Mm -hmm. pay their way. They'll bring all of these families from all over North America that are struggling to plant churches Mm -hmm. and they bring them to this great church and they invest in them for three or four days. And I was preaching um, one of the night services of that conference for those NAM pastors and for that meeting. And um, and I was in my hotel room yes. praying, getting ready, preparing about an hour before mm. the service. And God said, mm. God spoke to me and said, mm. uh, Google how many stadiums there are in the world that wow. can seat over 50,000 people. Wow. So I'm sitting there, mm-hmm. I start Googling this and I, I find out there's pages, I mean, th- thousands, thousands of stadiums globally. Wow. And the Lord began to speak to me and God said, he said, I am going to fill these stadiums in these last days. Mm-hmm. He said, if you will have faith, he said, I will allow you to see billions oh, repent yes. of their sins, billions be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, billions baptized in Jesus name. And he said, how we're going to do it is this. He said, they think they built these stadiums for the purpose of sports Sports. and and all of these athletes. He said, but I use the enemy's money to build my last day's church. He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out Mm -hmm. of my spirit upon all flesh. And God told me, he said, in one day, you're going to see stadiums filled all around the world Mm. and teams are going to go out and be preaching the gospel and they're going to preach it. He said, in one day, you're going to see multi millions, millions upon millions of people that are filled with the gift of the Holy ghost and bath. And he said, he said, you're going to see this and then you're going to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And billions are going to be added to the church. Wow. And so I went to that conference that night and I preached to them about this being the greatest hour of the church. And when I got to preaching to those North American missions pastors, these these men and women who are are struggling to to plant churches in these these big cities and millions of people in their cities. And I began to call their stadiums out by name and begin to call their cities out by name. These pastors began to just chomp at the, they were trembling Mm. and began to run to the altar. And there was such a move of faith in that room. And these guys who have been, and these families that have been working so hard, all of a sudden faith ignited in them. They began to speak that which is not as if it already was and begin to declare things in their cities Mm -hmm. and begin to prophesy harvest in their cities of churches and and towns and stadiums. Mm. And wow, it was such a powerful moment that has literally, you know, I remember when I first started saying that billions would be added to the church. I remember that. And when I first said it, there was such criticism, Mm. such opposition, people were so angry at me and rejected me and were mm-hmm. and began to lift their voices and social media went crazy about you know who does this guy oh, think God. he is and and um I remember Billy Cole said he said when he used to pray prophetically yes. that God was going to give him a 3000 soul revival that he would see what the yes. apostles saw everybody attacked him 
He said, they attacked me left and right, tried to destroy me, but I kept saying it. I kept saying, God is going to let us see 3,000. He said, and when I saw 3,000 get the Holy Ghost, he said, God, God anointed us to see it in one service, 3,000. And he said, that wasn't good enough for me. He said, I just kept praying for more. And I prayed for 5,000 and I saw 5,000, then 10,000 and then 100,000. I was with him when he saw that. And, um, and you know, that's how I feel about this, this vision and this prophetic word yes. about billions. God said, you keep saying Say it. it. Don't stop saying it because you're seeding the atmosphere with my prophetic word mm. that cannot return cannot void. Be and before the coming of the Lord, oh, Lord, we will see billions added to the church. And it'll be in stadiums. It'll be in churches. It'll be in towns. It'll be house to house. It's going to be in Bible studies. Everywhere. But the army of God. People like me, you, every single one of us are going to come together in the partnership of faith and we're going to do the work of God, not worried about who gets the credit and whose name's in the Mm -hmm. light. None of that's going to even matter Matter. in these last days. We're just going to do kingdom work and God's going to get the glory. I I love what you said that this journey comes with rejection, but you have to be absolute that God spoke to you and not stop declaring it. I like the quote in, in, in the book. Everybody needs to get a copy of Radically Apostolic, Astounding. Uh, uh, Pastor Kenzie wrote, you got to craft your message before you set in the storm because the storm will always try to get you to change your message. What does that mean? What does that mean to you on this journey? Yeah, well, to be very transparent when... You know, listen, whenever but my pastor, um, my, my pastor now, mm-hmm. Pastor Raymond Woodward yes. is my pastor now yes. and has been my pastor for a while. Um, but he made a statement uh, to me in the mm-hmm. midst of one of the most difficult, most challenging mm-hmm. seasons of our ministry. Pastor Woodward mm-hmm. said to me, he said, everybody who wants to be mightily used of God mm-hmm. must endure pain. We've mm-hmm. got to suffer. We've got to go through criticism. We've got to go through rejection. We've got to, we've got to, our metals got to be tested. Wow. He said, you can't be great for God until you've had great pain. Ooh. And he said, but, but you woman of God, me man, man of, of God, God can make a decision today to not be the source of another person's pain. Just because I have to endure pain does not mean I have to be the source of pain. That's good. And so when we, you know, when we first started seeing many thousands, hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. receive Mm -hmm. the gift of the Holy Ghost. And of course you always get criticism, people Mm -hmm. who are jealous, people who are resentful, people who are not willing to pay the price, but don't want anybody to, to pay the price either. You know, anybody, nobody who, those who don't want you to, they don't want to pay the price to get there, but they sure don't want Want you to get there. You know, they always want to you know, they'll get on social media, media, throw shade, you know, yeah, try to yeah. disparage you, messages, discredit yeah. you, yeah. try to undermine the message. The message. Yeah. And, you know, the reality of the matter is that's always going to be there. But mm-hmm. I remember, I guess it would have been two years ago. Um, it was late 2020 mm-hmm. when the Lord really started speaking to me about billions. billions. And when I started speaking about billions, I can't tell you the hits that we took. Wow the pain, um, just the, the struggles that my wife and I and our daughters went through and, um, just 
we got such criticism, such attacks, mm. such pain. And we, I remember when we wound up in Anamas, France, and this mm. is not in the book, mm. um, but we got to Anamas, France. We were, we were struggling financially. We were struggling just emotionally. We were beat up, broke down. We were under attack. Things were not, you know, it was a Joseph moment where you got this grand vision and you just, it, this doesn't look like the vision. This does not look like what you said, God. Where's the, you know, the favor and the love and the people? It wasn't like that. And so we get to, uh, uh, to Geneva, Switzerland, but we're broke. Can't yeah. afford anything in Geneva. So we got to move to Anamas, France, which is just the, uh, mm-hmm. a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's just a very, um, it's, it's a tough place. Tough place. And, um, I could tell you more about it after the video. <laughs> I don't know if I should say everything live, yeah. but we got this, um, little apartment, um, very little apartment. And, uh, it was all we could afford and, yeah. and not even what we could afford. And wow. we had no hot water. We had no heat and we were in the middle of, of the winter Mm. and we were crammed. The four of us, my wife and I are two daughters in this apartment. We were having to boil water on the, on the oven, taking sponge baths out of buckets in order to our apartment flooded Mm. twice all the way down. We had uh, uh, this Mm. floor, high floor. It was so much pain Mm. to the point that we had Christmas there. We had nothing. We were broke. We, we, it was one of the most difficult times in 2020. And, um, of course, if you ask my babies, my babies say it was the best time ever because we were together and we, we, you know, their daddy has always been busy, always been traveling, but for whatever reason, just the pain and everything shut things down. And here we are crammed in this tiny apartment as a family and we're suffering. We're going through this nonsense that we can't explain. It doesn't make sense. And Mm. then we wind up moving to Berlin in the midst of it. And the restrictions were so extreme. We did 18 months where we couldn't have church. We were alone. We're in front of cameras, preaching to a camera for 18 months Mm. and nobody in a room because you you couldn't be in a room and um, just so much stuff we went through. And I can't tell you how many times I cried, how many times I was broken, how many times I laid on my bed. And I, I just, how many times that the enemy began to attack my mind and say, you know, your family would be better off without you. Your vision wow. cost them pain. Wow. If you just died, they'd have everything. Whoa. If you Whoa. just took your life, they would, Whoa. they wouldn't have to endure this because Whoa. of the things you spoke, your family's in pain. And I can't tell you the mm. moments that I, I thought to myself, maybe that's the answer. Maybe if I just wasn't here. But in all of that, God sits me down in Berlin, Germany, in the mm. midst of pain, in the midst of suffering and said, I've, I've, I've protected you for a season so I could have you put some words on paper. If I had not been broken had not been in pain, had not been suffering, had not been hidden away from God for two years, I wouldn't have sat at a table with tears streaming down my face and wrote about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I remember crying every day. I remember crying. My wife can tell you, I sat at a table with tears streaming down my face, putting those words on paper and and the enemy attacking my mind and saying, you should die. And God having me right, right. you can live. You, you can, can be live. great. You can be radically apostolic. You can do something. 
So mm. you got to endure some you junk. If you can't, things. if you don't endure junk, you these are the moments you. I mean, it's I the beauty have, in the ashes, huh? It is. You yeah. listen, sis. I, I've got no education. Okay. Wow. I, I've graduated high school. Wow. Uh, I'm an Air Force veteran, but I don't have higher education. I don't have the means to do that. Mm-hmm. But God. But God. But God can take you through a crazy journey, sit a nobody from nowhere down in Berlin, Germany, and say, son, I've got words Word. I need to speak, and I've got to use your mouth. And this was well written. Well, I wish I could take the credit for that, Mama, but the reality is this. There were so many great people of God that, that made that a well-written book. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, um, you know, when I first wrote that book, um, of course, my wife read through it, and there were some things that she said, baby, you got to take out. <laughs> and then my pastor, my pastor read through it, and my pastor said, there's some things that were very healthy for you to write, but not healthy for people to read. <laughs> and I had to take that out. Yes. And my dear friend, Pastor Aaron Soto, went through it, mm-hmm. and my dear friend, Pastor Joel Holmes, went through it. Mm-hmm. And when they got through taking the things yeah. that were healthy for me, but not healthy for the mm-hmm, kingdom mm-hmm. out of the book, yes. um, then it became something of value. But look so, at this. This is, yeah. this is incredibly well written and I thank God for it. And again, I'm asking all of you, wherever you're sitting, but don't, don't move quite yet, <laughs> but I need you to get this book radically apostolic. It will change your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what denomination you're oh, from. Yeah. It is going to change your life life. Let's continue to plug in. I love what you wrote on page 23. Um, if we are strategic, if we move in purpose yeah. to deploy apostolic training That's right. and walk in apostolic unity, to be radically submitted, yes. to be radically yes. humble, to be radically sacrificial. And I've seen that f- for the past uh, 24 hours, your sacrifice. Talk to me about if we begin to grab a hold of these radicalness, yes. what would shift in the apostolic yes. movement? Talk to us. I'm going to tell you right now, the kingdom of God has been blessed. Yes. Okay. We've been blessed. But we have really only experienced addition in the kingdom of God. And you cannot move to multiplication in God's kingdom until you get rid of the self, my church, my kingdom, my city, Mm. my ministry, my calling, my my, my. my gifting. Until you move out from that weird, you know, satanic umbrella, you will only see addition in the kingdom. But when you can start moving into that where you realize, I need you, you need me. Absolutely. I'm only as good as my brother. I'm, I'm only as valuable as my brother Absolutely. is valuable. When I unite together and link together and, and listen, there are people of like faith all over the world yes. and it doesn't matter what organization they're in. And, and listen, I'm in the United Pentecostal Church International. Yes, sir. I'm an appointed global missionary, but I'm not afraid to say the truth. There are believers all over the all world over. that are not in the UPCI. And if we can get out from underneath this weird, you know, yeah, yeah. organizational mentality yeah. and, and start saying kingdom, kingdom mentality, and we can start approaching things from the perspective that together in unity, unity. in the partnership of faith, in collaboration, yes. in cooperation, in communication, yes. we can multiply, we can reach, we can fill stadiums. Billions, huh? 
billions. We can fill stadiums. That's the key. If we can get together and stop seeing each other as a threat and, and, ooh, I love this word, competition. Competition. You are not my competition. Absolutely not. The, the, the ministers out there that love, you are not my competition. Talk we, to us, we are, we are collaborative, cooperative yes. members of his kingdom yes. that operate with his calling oh, and yes. his gifting. And, and mm-hmm. so if I can get myself aligned with the king mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and aligned with the kingdom vision and yes. aligned with kingdom purpose and aligned with kingdom people, yes. we can do kingdom things and kingdom things is billions. Okay, but my ministry becomes one, two, three, and we'll never get there. So from my perspective, I just I believe that there is coming a day where God's going to to allow us to mm-hmm. spiritually mature. I believe we're there right we're, now. We're getting there. We're, we're getting, getting there. there. We're, we're going to mature to the point mm-hmm. that we realize mm-hmm. we need each other. We do. And we're going to we're going to move into kingdom multiplication, kingdom multiplication. to billions. That's awesome. Billions. That is incredible. I, I certainly believe that that we're walking uh, in that space right now. I, I believe our young people are hungry oh, they're at the bit. and they're thirsty they are at the bit. and they're, they're, they're ready. Uh, I like what you shared. Um, I want to plug in. I like what you shared about what happened in Berlin. Uh, you were broken. Mm-hmm. You're in pain. You were yeah. hurting and wanted also to take your life. But that was not only uh, the time that you face trials on this journey. Talk to us about what happened with your daughter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. My wife writes about this testimony in the book. She shares this testimony, but I was preaching, I believe in Southern Illinois. Mm -hmm. My baby was, um, was uh, just uh, relatively newborn. Yes. Um, and uh, my wife has the ages and everything correct. Yes. You know, I'm a dad. Yes. You know, I know they're alive. I know, they, you know, they eat. You know, um, I put clothes on their back. I don't know all the numbers, um, but um, leave it up to moms. Yeah, moms. You moms are one of them. I was riding with you today in your car. I'm riding with this this great woman of God today, and we're having this incredible apostolic <laughs> conversation. And Dora the Explorer is running in the background, and she doesn't even know that. Dora's running. So, um, so yeah, you know, dads recognize, we're like, what's going what's on? Going Everything's on? crazy. And moms are like, this is my crazy. It's good. I got to figure it out. I had no idea. Yeah. So, um, so anyhow, we, yes. I was preaching somewhere. My wife was in Ypsilanti, yes. Michigan, where my baby had been born. Mm. And, um, and she had just put my baby to, to bed and was in the living room. And, um, I was preaching down there and had left preaching that service and we were sitting in an Applebee's and there was a table, just maybe 20, I don't know, or so people, Mm -hmm. ministers that were gathered and we were talking about Mm -hmm. faith Mm -hmm. and the the pastor's phone rang Mm -hmm. and um, I didn't have my phone with me. I had this old Nokia phone, cell phone, this is many years ago. And and of course I had no signal, but this pastor's phone rang and it was my pastor that got a hold of him, Mm -hmm. Pastor Bill Nix. And um, I can still remember that pastor saying, yes, Brother Robinette's with me now. Mm-hmm. And um, and tears just streaming down his face yeah. as he was talking to my pastor. Yeah. And he puts the phone down and he said, Brother Robinette, I don't know how to tell you this, but your your daughter has died. When I read that, I, I yeah. was like, Whew. And um, he said, you need to, 
we, you need to get a hold of your family. Your mm. family's been trying to get a hold of you. And mm. I remember, um, you know, I couldn't get a hold of my wife. Of course, she yeah. had been in the hospital with the baby. And mm -hmm. what had happened was the baby had had a seizure and had, uh, I forget the type of seizure, but my wife does mention it in mm -hmm. the book. Yes, she does. And, um, and my wife, um, you know, revived the child, our baby, Aaliyah, in her arms um, before the ambulance got there. She passed away again. The ambulance got there, revived her again. They, mm. they revived her in the ambulance. They got her back to the hospital and the doctor said, she, she's, you, this she's isn't going to happen. And they said, call your family together. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember being in that Applebee's restaurant. And, you know, in that moment, you know, I had just been talking about mm -hmm. faith, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, and I stood up in an Applebee's restaurant and lifted my hands yeah. and I began to scream out to God. Yes. And I said, God, I said, she was yours. She was yours before she was ever mine. I love that. I said, if you want her, you can have yeah. her and I will never hold it against mm -hmm. you. I said, but if you would allow me to allow have her for a little while longer, yes. I said, I would count Ooh. it a great privilege and honor if you would just entrust her to me for a little mm. bit longer. And of course, I, against mm. The, mm. the will of the pastor, I got in a car, started driving like a madman. I was doing well over 100 miles per hour, driving down the highway, Didn't couldn't get a hold of anybody. And all of a sudden, my phone rang, and it was the Apostle Billy, Billy Cole. Cole. yes. And he said, son... He said, slow down. slow down. He said, she will live and she will not die. And he started speaking in mm -hmm. other tongues and started prophesying mm -hmm. and prayed over me. And um, I have to be honest, I didn't slow down. You didn't um, slow down. <laughs> I continued to drive like a wild man to get there. But um, the next phone call I received was my wife. Mm -hmm. And it, she said, baby, I don't know what just happened, but she is off of all of the machines. Mm -hmm. She's breathing. She's doing well. And so God literally raised up my daughter at the word of the man of God. And, um, so yeah, that's your journey, your, your journey has been absolutely incredible. And what I want people to, to, to recognize is that you don't just talk it, but you have absolutely lived it. Yeah. You lived it. Yes, the cost to being radical, yes, losing your, your, your daughter. When I, again, when I, when I read that, I, 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 I paused, I put the book down and I, I, I just began to picture myself. Am I willing to pay the cost? Yes, ma'am. Am I willing to pay the cost? Journey with me again to uh, being at a general conference. Yes, ma'am. And uh, you felt this this nudge to give what you didn't have. <laughs> and your wife <laughs> reaction <laughs> was powerful. Yeah, we were. The cost of a, being radical. That was a uh, brother... Uh, Oh, forgive me. I forget the great brother, Steve Willoughby. Willoughby, yes. One of the greatest apostles to Asia yes. and yes. Uh, to Singapore, um, yes. but great man of God, mm -hmm. hero of the faith. And he was preaching about, um, about giving, yes. about sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And that was back in the days when Global Missions had all the missionaries yes. that were in country sit on the platform. Yeah. And <laughs> so I'm this young preacher sitting on the platform and Steve Willoughby, you know, this hero of the faith is preaching and he, he takes out a check from his pocket. It's a check for 10 grand. Yes. And, um, you know, I don't know if we had a hundred dollars in the bank, that would have been a stretch mm -hmm. probably, mm -hmm. um, at that point, you know, I, I mean, 
You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have nothing. But uh, Steve Willoughby takes the ten thousand dollar <laughs> check out of his pocket and he lays it on the on the platform and he's like. The Lord said, you know, there's a million-dollar offering in this place today. And that was going to be the first million-dollar offering mm, we'd ever taken mm, as an organization wow. and uh, in that one service. Yes. And um, so Steve Willoughby does this. I'm on the platform at General Conference. I pull out my cell phone, trying to call my wife, you know, because I'm feeling <laughs> like God said give ten grand. My wife is in the nosebleed section of the stadium <laughs> and uh, with Heather and Aaron Soto. And she was trying to call me at the same time, mm-hmm. trying to tell me God did not we save $10,000. <laughs> and, uh, of course, like a, every man, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I perceived and interpreted that uh, silence as affirmation. affirmation. We are together and it was not. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a note and I said, the Robinette family will give $10,000, you know, you give us a, give us some time. And, and so I got down into the altar and I'm crying because God said, and my wife comes down to the altar and puts her arm around me and she's crying for totally different Different reasons. reasons. (laughs) And, um, and she's, she and I are weeping together, but as we're standing there weeping Mm. in that moment Mm -hmm. of sacrifice, Mm -hmm. somebody came up, reached around me and put their hand into the inside of my coat pocket I didn't even look, mm-hmm. didn't even think about it, but I'm just weeping. Yeah. I'm, I'm thanking God for this opportunity to be a part of something yes, that is yes. beyond our wildest expectations. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have no idea how we're going to pay this bill. A hundred bucks in the bank, maybe, and $10,000 pledge now. And, um, oh, and a $10,000 bill for our child that had just been born. So we had $10,000 for the baby being born. And now I made a $10,000 pledge and a hundred bucks in the bank. Radical. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't look good Absolutely on paper. Absolutely not. <laughs> and um, so we we worship through that service. Thank God for the opportunity to be a part of sacrifice mm-hmm. and get back to the hotel room that night. Totally forgot about this guy reaching into my pocket. Yes. I'm emptying out my pockets on the counter, the desk at the hotel. There's a check. I'm standing in the hotel mm-hmm. room. Open up this check. And it's a check for $20,000 with a note that said no you cannot way. outgive God. No way. So that sacrifice in that willingness to give mm-hmm. what we did not have to give by faith. God paid off our pledge and paid off our baby, baby. all in the same moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, God taught me that valuable lesson in that moment that you can never outgive God. That radical sacrifice always opens the door to radical demonstration and power. If you want to see it, you got to pay the price for it. You got to be willing to pay the price. Nothing great from God is free. It'll cost you something cost you big, something, something big. Every time I remember, and, and since you just stop me when I get to, <laughs> but I remember being with Billy Cole in his living room when that young boy walked in and I was a young boy yeah. at that time as well. And, um, you're probably thinking I'm young now. I hope you are. If you're not <laughs> shame on you. Um, but, uh, I'm 47 years old and this, I was in my early twenties when this happened, yeah. but I remember sitting in Billy Cole's living room when a young man walked in mm-hmm. and he began to, to persuade Billy Cole to give him his mantle. Wow. And Billy Cole was arguing with this young man about his mantle. You don't want this. You're not ready for this. Mm-hmm. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. And this young man was arguing back. No, I want your mantle. They were going back and forth. Finally, Billy Cole said, get on your knees and lift your hands. And the man 
fell on his knees and lifted up his hands, excited to receive this apostolic mantle from this man that had seen so many people estimated a million received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And Billy Cole gets up out of his chair and he was a big man and got up out of his chair and, and walked over to this boy and laid his hands on his head and began to prophesy. And he said, I prophesy pain. I prophesy rejection. I prophesy suffering. I prophesy sickness in your body. I prophesy your brothers will despise you. I prophesy your ministry. I mean, just, I'm sitting on the couch. Opposite of what he thought, huh? Well, I don't even know what's going on. I'm on the couch and I'm, I'm in shock and I'm like, that's not what the kid asked for. I mean, I'm jealous because I was wanting that mantle. Okay. Mm. And this kid shows up out of nowhere and he asked for a mantle and Billy Cole gets up and I don't even know what he's saying. Mm. I was too ignorant to understand the value of the moment. moment. This kid pushes brother Cole's hand off and he goes, no, I want your mantle. And brother Cole stood there and looked at this boy and he said, son, he said, you cannot have this mantle if you're not willing to take this pain. My goodness. And the boy jumped up and ran out the door. Ran out the door. And that's, that's the thing about apostolic ministry. A lot of people want that. You said it out in the, out in the parking lot when you said, Oh, everybody thinks the ministry is so grandeur. Mm-hmm. You, you, you just think this is so amazing. Yeah. And you don't know. You don't know the price. You don't know the mama holding the baby, the dead baby in her arms. You don't know the rejection. You don't know the Joseph moments. You don't know the moments where you consider taking your own life because how, how could your family endure the things that your words have? And so you see the person in the pulpit and you go, I want that. And you don't know, you have no idea. The cost. You don't know the cost. And brother Cole said, as that boy went out the door, he said, if he can't pay the price, he can't have the power. And, and so, you know, I didn't even understand that, sis. I'm, I'm looking at this situation and going, wow, that's a little bit mean, Brother Cole. You know, I'm a young kid. I'm ignorant. I don't know what's going on. I'm thinking that's crazy. But now at 47, you up, huh? looking over my shoulder, yeah. I go, wow, God was teaching me something and I was too ignorant to know. Surely the Lord was in that place and I knew it not. You also shared in the book that I thought was so powerful uh, for you on this journey as well when you were with him in Ethiopia and uh, he told you not to drink the water. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> and, loves that. <laughs> and you went ahead and you drank the water. And I just also want to pause. If you want to hear more of some of these apostolic demonstrations, you need to grab the book. You need to, you need to get this book. But you shared when he told you not to drink the water <laughs> and you drank it. Yeah. And what happened to you? And what, yeah. what did he say? Well, let me just tell you, you should never drink the water in <laughs> any third world countries. Just don't do it. Don't, don't, you don't need to even test it. You don't, mm-hmm. don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did something for you. What he yes. said to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it of course made me very ill. I got very sick and um, I'll never forget that moment when this great man of God, this apostle Billy Cole comes walking into the bathroom where I'm just a mess. I'm just a mess. I'm on the floor. I'm, yeah. It's a messful situation, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, Billy Cole comes in, Pastor Jim Stark, Bishop of Ohio, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and these guys that are heroes of the faith. I mean, Eli Hernandez, Hernandez yes. just guys, you know. So they come in the, the room together and um, 
I'll never forget thinking to myself, I'm going to, this is going to be a miracle. God's going to heal me. This is my moment. And Billy Cole pointed down at me and he said, he said, Robinette, he said, God will raise the dead. God will cause the lame to walk and the blind to see and the deaf to hear, but God will do nothing for stupid. He said, that took me out. (laughs) He said, I told you not to drink the water, suffer. He said, suffering will teach you. And you'll never make this mistake again. And uh, of course, he turned around and walked out without praying for me. Mm. And along with all those other guys, I will tell you secretively, um, I know in all of your your followers, but uh, Brother Jim Stark stayed and prayed and then he left. (laughs) (laughs) But you learn an incredible lesson. And, you know, along the journey, you you need correction. You need editing. Yeah. And you know what? If you can't receive it, you have, there's no path to apostolic ministry that does not include apostolic correction. Correction. There's no path. Mm -hmm. So if you think that you can detour and Mm -hmm. avoid it, and there's this weird, you know, thing going on right now in our world where people don't have pastors anymore. Yeah. They have a, a, a coalition of yeah. counselors, mm-hmm. of peers mm-hmm. that speak into their life. And because they have this count, this right. coalition of counselors of peers, they have confusion. Right. There's always a spirit right. of confusion mm-hmm. because you don't have a voice. And so, um, in the absence of that apostolic voice, and you, you know, if you have a voice, if somebody can tell you no, and and you can submit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can't tell you no, you don't have a voice. Have a voice. Uh, my pastor, Pastor Raymond Woodward, um, I've heard that guy tell me no more than I've ever heard him say yes. I don't even know if wow. I've ever heard him say yes. Wow. But that is my gift from mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. because sometimes the things mm-hmm. that I want him to say yes about yes. are good, yes. but they're not God's great. And so say that, say that again. Yes, ma'am. Sometimes the things that we want our pastors to say yes about are good. That doesn't mean they're bad. They're good. They can be a good path. They can be a good blessing. They can be a good miracle, but they are not God's great destiny for you. And so the devil would be very happy for us to pivot towards good and miss great. And so if we're not careful, if we have these counselors instead of a voice, We will follow after good and miss destiny when great is right here within our reach if we can take a no. No. Correction. On this journey, I always talked about it. On this journey, you need correction. You need to be edited along the way. I know I have needed correction. Uh, Brother Woodward, there's been times, even when I wrote this book, Mm -hmm. let me be transparent about that. When that book was first written, it was 458 pages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when my pastor and Aaron Soto and brother Joel Holmes got a hold of that book, mm-hmm. they deleted over a hundred pages of the book wow. because they said this was healthy for you to write. It was healthy for you to put it personally. Mm-hmm. This helped you, but it will not help the kingdom. Okay. And being willing to submit to mm-hmm. apostolic voices that said, mm-hmm. we need to take parts of your baby. <laughs> And, and take it away because it's not going to represent you or the kingdom okay. well. And being willing to, to let them do that, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's part of the process. That's incredible. What was it like being around uh, yeah. Lee Stone King? Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing to remember is that apostolic people, people who operate in very powerful apostolic mm-hmm. gifting that have this powerful apostolic callings yes. are still people. Yeah. They're human. They're real. They've endured 
junk. They've been through the yes. stuff. And um, while they are mightily anointed, mm-hmm. they are really great, real, genuine people. people. And and if you can um, allow them to be genuine with mm-hmm. you, it's it's much better. Mm-hmm. And so um, we've celebrated, my wife and I have celebrated um, a tremendous relationship with Brother uh, Stone King and Brother Cole for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just tremendous gifts of God. Mm-hmm. Even Brother Eli Hernandez, yeah. another tremendous yeah. gift of God. But we had the privilege of having Brother Lee Stone King with us. I don't know, six times in the German-speaking nations mm. over the last uh, decade. Because he speaks some German, doesn't he? Uh, I don't know that he speaks German. He speaks Hebrew. Hebrew. Okay. He speaks Hebrew. I'm not sure that he speaks German. Um, but I can tell you some, you know, we've had so many great times mm-hmm. with Brother Lee Stone King. He is such an incredible vessel of God, yes. anointed vessel yes. of God, yes. powerful man of God. And being around people like that, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this before we started today. Yeah. There's some things are caught and not taught. Not, right. And so you, you have to get in close proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when David was being chased by Saul mm-hmm. and, and he runs to the prophets, right. he gets in close proximity to, to the prophet. David starts prophesying. Yes. Yes. Saul finds out that David is with the prophet. Prophets, yes. And David says, I'm going to send an army to get him. Mm-hmm. And the army chases after David. And they get in close proximity to the prophet mm-hmm. and they start prophesying. Yes. Saul gets mad, sends another army. Mm-hmm. They start prophesying. Saul does what every terrible leader right. thinks. Well, nobody can do it but me. Right me and so yep. they show mm-hmm. up. He shows up by himself. And when he gets close, mm-hmm. he starts prophesying. Uh, and people look at Saul and go, is Saul one, one of, of the, the prophets? prophets? Yeah. And so there are some things yeah. That just being in proximity to great apostolic people, you are afforded the privilege to take them on Mm. yourself. And if you will activate after that exposure, you will possess them and keep them. And so having the opportunity to be in the presence of God's greatness Mm -hmm. and people that he has favored Mm -hmm. is a tremendous valuable. This is why I am such an advocate of every man and every woman of God being a part of a crusade somewhere Mm -hmm. because you can hear about it like the sons of the prophets or you can be there. there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when Mm -hmm. you're there, Mm -hmm. something gets picked up and you know, I think of that young farmer Mm-hmm. I think about him all the time. It's always in my mind that he possessed what the sons of the prophets weren't present to possess. Yes, yes. But the first thing he did after picking up the mantle of his father was say, was use it. Use it. He used it. Immediately. Activated. Yes. So he got in proximity, yes. picked up something, and then did something with it, it to prove it, mm-hmm. to test it. Yes. Where is the God of my father? That's what he said. And so that's what we have to do when we get in these proximity moments. We need to walk out of those Mm -hmm. moments and go, okay, I was there. Mm -hmm. Does it work? Does it work? And it does. And it does. And once you prove it and test it, then it becomes yours. You have activated it. You possessed it. And now you're convinced of it. You sound like him. (laughs) And so that's that's the importance of these moments. And so I am an advocate. I am a strong advocate of people getting close Close. through these meetings 
because mm-hmm. you you can't get it other you can't watch it online and get it. Yes. You have to be there. In there, I'm telling you, he he has. I mean, apart from my pastor, of course, he's he's one that has great influence uh, in my life. And you tell him I want to meet him. <laughs> 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 I want to meet you, sir. Um, I've seen you, but I want I want to. Be, have impartation, but what's next? What do you think? What What do you think is next for the apostolic movement? I know that you're doing the apostolic uh, ministry training. Uh, what What do you think is mm-hmm. next uh, yes. in this in this great movement? Well, first of all, um, there are some things coming together, such okay. as there's some programs out there right mm-hmm. now. GHEM, yes. um, the Issachar movement. Mm-hmm. There's, um, you know. We're doing, my wife and I do apostolic mentoring every Monday Mm -hmm. at 7 p.m. Berlin, Germany time. Mm -hmm. We have a Facebook Live apostolic mentoring session where we are, because there's no substitute for apostolic exposure and apostolic, these moments where you connect with people that maybe just by virtue of of your your location, you've never had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to be near them. We are bringing these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, these people who operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. We're bringing them onto this one-hour call every Monday Mm -hmm. where they can just impart and equip the army of God. This is the key part. There are a lot of people that have a very, very sincere burden for the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. but they are seriously ill-equipped for apostolic that's, ministry. That's, that's, wow. So the key for us right now is equipping, training, training. getting the army of God ready to operate in the fivefold ministry. Mm. Okay. We, for whatever reason, we are just catching on to this yes, fivefold ministry yes, train. Yes. And so we got to get the apostles, prophets, evangelists, mm-hmm. pastors, teachers, training into the body of Christ, because that's how we multiply. Right. We've got to start training people in the gifts of the spirit. Mm-hmm. This is something we've got to be intentional about yes. because if we train people, if they are exposed to it, if we impart to them, they will possess it. Mm-hmm. And if they possess it and activate it, mm-hmm. we will multiply, multiply and see billions. Yes. So with training is the key, getting training of our missionaries, training of our pastors, training of those who are desperate to be involved, training of the body of Christ, yes. getting them exposure to these apostolic moments like Brazil. We've got this crusade mm-hmm. coming July 19th through the 25th mm-hmm. in Brazil, where we're trying to gather together apostolic people of wow. faith that want to be a part of a day of Pentecost in the day in the nation of Brazil. Wow. And so these moments where they can be there, they can see it mm-hmm. like I was in Ethiopia right. where I right. saw it and right. I rubbed shoulders mm-hmm. and it changed mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So people need these training moments, exposure moments and activation moments. Mm-hmm. And if we can create the opportunities for that, we're going to see billions. Are you optimistic about this? Oh, you better believe it. Listen, here's the, here's the reality. We're going to see billions no matter what. Okay, the kingdom of God will see billions no matter what, whether you will be a part of it Uh, and whether I will be a part uh, of it, that is still to be determined, determined. okay, because you've got to be willing to be in training, get the exposure, do the activation, pay the price. So there's a lot of people that talk the talk, but can't walk the walk. Mm -hmm. And so this is what it comes down to. Before the coming of the Lord, billions are going to be added to the church. No matter what. No matter what. But whether me and you are there, are we going to be the sons of the prophets watching from afar off saying, I know what's going to happen, but I'm not willing to get there. Mm -hmm. Or are we going to be the farmer that says, hey, I'm going to pay the price. I'll pour water. I'll suffer. I'll endure. I'm going to be there. I have decided to be there. And so you have to decide to be there. And if we can make that decision, if the kingdom of God will make that decision, Mm -hmm. 
you're going to be a part of it. You're going to see it. You're going to do it. And we're going to, we're going to be able to be up standing in the stadium when millions are at it. So. I want to shout, but I got to keep my composure. What <laughs> <laughs> I want to say to you, the first two people that says, I want this book, I'm going to send it out to you. Radically apostolic, the reality, the journey, and the reward of the call of God. It will change your life. It has changed mine. And as I, as I, as it's changing mine, I want it to change yours as well. Minister Robinette, thank you. Humbled. Very humbled. For being here. And I'm looking forward to our special treat. But over to our inspirational piece. The truth is, not everyone will believe in your vision, but you must be so convicted beyond your preference to stand firm and fight for it until you possess it. Say this with me. I will live by my conviction. I will dare to be radical even in the face of great opposition. The journey continues, everyone. I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. I know you thought the journey was over, but I have a special treat for you. Reverend Robinett is going to preach to us, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Praise the Lord, everybody. I greet you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I want to tell somebody today that this is the greatest hour of the church. And I'm excited to declare to you today that there is a powerful baptism of the Holy Ghost that is literally overtaking the earth right now. Everyone who is spiritually hungry is being filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Everybody who is spiritually thirsty is being filled with the Holy Ghost. If you knock on the door today, I want to tell somebody, God will answer. God will open the door to the Spirit to you, and you will be filled with the Holy Ghost, just like the Bible says. Hallelujah. In John chapter 3, Verse 1 through 5, the Bible says this. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man 
can be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the Bible said, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And God has sent me to preach to you today just a, a very simple thought. You must be born again. Every man, every woman, every child, you must be born again. I will never forget the first day that I received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. I remember visiting that apostolic church and sitting on the second row with my sister when that apostolic preacher began to terrify me as he preached about the power of God. But I will never forget when he was standing on the chair in front of my pew and he was preaching with power and authority and passion. And I remember him looking down at me and saying, son, he said, in 10 seconds, you're going to be speaking with other tongues. And I have to be honest with you. I didn't know what that was. Nobody taught me a Bible study, but I saw fire in that man of God's eyes. And I knew that what he was saying was true and real. And I don't know whether he ever got to 10. I remember him counting. He started out and said 10, 9, 8. I don't know whether he got to 1. But I remember when I lifted my hands and I remember walking into that altar and all of a sudden the Spirit of God overtaking me and I began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit Spirit gave the utterance just like the Bible says. I will never forget that day. Nobody had to tell me to be baptized in Jesus' name. When the Spirit of the Holy Ghost got a hold of me, it brought the Spirit of revelation of truth. And I will never forget being compelled by the Spirit to be buried with Christ in the name of Jesus Christ and coming out of that water a new creature in Christ Jesus with all things passed away and oh hallelujah everything becoming new and I can tell you that moment of being born again of the water and of the spirit changed my life forever and because of it I have found freedom I have found joy I have found peace I have found victory there is nothing greater than being born again of the water and of the spirit and if you're watching today and you're wondering can this really be true I've got a word from you for, for you today this Holy Ghost will 
fix everything. It'll break all those yokes that have been holding you in bondage. It'll deliver you from alcohol and drug addiction. It'll deliver you from all the sins and garbage of this world. It'll break you out and break you loose into the power of the Spirit of the Most High God. It made me a new creature in Christ and I know without a doubt it will make Oh, hallelujah. It'll make you a new creature as well. If it could do it to me, it'll do it to you. It will give you hope. It'll give you abundant life. It'll give you a new future. There is nothing better than the power of the Holy Ghost. And nothing better than being baptized in Jesus name the Bible says that when you are born again believer you are you have miracles that follow after you the Bible says when you are a born again believer you have joy unspeakable and full of glory the Bible says that when you are born again believer the devil will run from you the Bible says when you are a born again believer, power flows through your veins. And oh, hallelujah. I am so thankful that I have been born again. And I am so thankful that you are watching this service today. Because I know that if you have not been baptized in Jesus name. And have not had the privilege of being filled with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Today is your your day you're gonna be sitting there watching and the spirit's gonna overcome you and you're gonna say oh i need that that's what i've been waiting on that's what i've been looking for i am desperate to be born again hallelujah god sent me with good news for you god sent me to tell you today is your day Hallelujah. I will never forget being in Bangladesh where God filled seven thousand Muslims and Hindus with the gift of the Holy Ghost in one single service. If it wasn't real and couldn't happen, it wouldn't have happened in Bangladesh. But it's real and it happened and it's going to happen for you as well. I will never forget being in the nation of Congo in March where God filled 500 Congolese with the gift of the Holy Ghost and multitudes were rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ multitudes of notable miracles filled that conference room in Congo and if it wasn't real it would not have happened there but it did happen there because it is real I will never forget showing up in the Philippines where a crowd of 5,000 plus people gathered in a stadium and preaching the power of the Holy Ghost to them. And in one service, 1,555 Filipinos filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. Oh, so many thousands of miracles. The blind eyes opened, the deaf ears unstopped, the lame getting up and walking. I can tell you testimony all day of the goodness of the Lord through the power of the spirit but if it wasn't real it wouldn't have happened in the Philippines but it did happen because it is real and it is for you 
I remember being at the Wisconsin crusade last year. I believe it was in June or July where in one single service, 1,200 people were filled with the Holy Ghost here in North America. If it wasn't real, it wouldn't have happened. But it was real and it did happen and it's going to happen for you today as well where you're watching. The spirit is even overtaking you now. I can feel the Holy Ghost even this moment overtaking you in your living room, in your car. I can feel it in the studio where we are. God is overtaking you. Shamatalabasata. The good news that the Lord sent me with today is this. That same spirit that fell in the book of Acts. The same power that is falling on foreign fields. The same mighty rushing wind that overtook the state of Wisconsin. The same baptism of the Holy Ghost that's in the studio with us today. It will get a hold of you. The Bible said it like this in Acts 2 and verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children. Children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you are not born again yet, today is your day. If you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost yet, today is your day. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name yet, today is your day. You should just rejoice where you're viewing this because you're about to step in to the power, authority, and the spirit of revelation of Christ. Hallelujah. You got to understand religion can't save you. A church denomination can't save you. Money can't save you. Friends can't save you. The world cannot save you. But when you are born again, oh, hallelujah, your sins are forgiven. When you are born again, you are washed and made new in the name of Jesus. When you are born again, you are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad that God filled me with the Holy Ghost and I am so excited to know today will be your day as well. Hallelujah. To be a born again believer, you must repent. To be a born again believer, you've got to repent of your sins. All men, the Bible says, are born in sin. No matter how good you are, you must follow God's plan in order to be saved. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist preached repentance. In Matthew 4, Jesus preached repentance. In Luke 24, Jesus commanded the twelve to preach repentance. In Luke 10, Jesus commanded the 70 to preach repentance. In Acts chapter 20, Paul preached repentance. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, when the multitude in Jerusalem asked that important question, men and brethren, what shall we do? The first thing Peter told them to do was repent. You've got to repent. 
You can be born again if you repent. You must tell God that you are sorry for your sins. You must ask God to forgive you of your sins. You can repent right now in the living room of your your home, in your car, wherever you are watching or viewing this. You can stop everything you're doing and say, God, I'm so sorry. You don't have to shout out loud every evil thing you've ever done wrong, but with a sincere heart, you can say, God, forgive me of every evil deed, every evil word, every evil thought. And the Bible said, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is bound by his own word, hallelujah, bound by his own word to forgive us of our sins when we confess our sins. Don't be arrogant. Don't be proud. Don't die in your sin because you don't want to repent. You got to say, God, I'm sorry. You got to man up for your failures. You got to say, I've made these mistakes. It was me. It was me. And I'm sorry. And if you repent, God will forgive you. The second thing is this. Baptism in Jesus name. It makes you a born again believer in Matthew 28 19 Jesus commanded his disciples to teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Ghost Jesus did not command the disciples to use the words father son and Holy Ghost Jesus commanded the disciples to baptize in the name of the father in the name of the son and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are just titles. Those titles are not the saving name, but Jesus is the saving name. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name, hallelujah, under heaven, hallelujah, given among men, hallelujah, Hallelujah, whereby we must be saved. No other name. It did not say titles. It said there is no other name that saves you. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. In Mark chapter 14, verses 61 through 64, the Bible lets us know that once again, the high priest interrogated Jesus. He said, are you the Messiah? Who are you? That's what he was asking Jesus. We need you to tell us who you are. Are you the Savior? Are you God manifest in the flesh? Jesus answered him with this incredible revelation. He said, I am. He said, and you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. When Jesus spoke those words, the high priest tore their robes and said, what further need do we have of witness? You have heard this blasphemy. In John chapter 8 and verse 58, Jesus answered them. A solemnly, he said, I solemnly declare it before Abraham came to be. I am. 
I am. This was the name God gave himself when he first communicated with Moses in Exodus 3 and verse 14. God replied, I am who I am. Then he added, this is what you shall tell the Israelites. I am sent me to you. That's why in John 10 and 30, Jesus said, I and my father are one. That's why in John 14, when Philip asked Jesus to show them the father and it would satisfy everyone, Jesus said, he said in John 14 and 9, he said, I have, have I been so long time with you, Philip? And yet hast thou not known me? You ask for the Father, but I'm standing here. He said, you ask for the Father? Do you not know me? Do you not see who I am? He that hath seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? That's why Jesus said in John 14 and verse 12 through 14, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. You cannot do mighty works with God till you have the revelation that Jesus is God. Impossible to be mightily used of God without the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Impossible. That's why Jesus said, if you want it, believe on me. If you want to step into greater, believe on me. Philip, Philip, have I been so long with you? You don't know? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. That's why in John 20, verse 28, when the resurrected Christ comes through that shut door and stood in the midst of the disciples. The first words out of Thomas's mouth were the recognition of the mighty God in Christ. And Thomas looks at this resurrected Christ and calls him what he is, my Lord and my God. He knew exactly who he was. That's why the apostle Paul declared these very, very powerful and very critical words in Colossians 2 and verse 8. He said, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. The baptizing in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are the traditions of men. They are not after Christ, the Bible said, for in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, in Christ, which is the head of all principality and power. And lest there be any confusion, John, that revelator made it clear in Revelations chapter 5 and verse 11. He said, and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, the beasts and elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. That was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea. And all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be 
unto him. Him. No trinity. One throne. One God, one name that's above every name. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. I remember when I was preaching in a little town in Germany. And I was preaching for a, uh, uh, forgive me, a, a Trinitarian church, an unaffiliated church in this this little town and the pastor of that church who had been baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost was translating for me into the language of Lingala while I was preaching and I was preaching about this mighty God in Christ and all of a sudden the, the pastor, all of his saints are out there and the pastor stops and grabs me by the arm and he said, wait a minute preacher wait a minute he said, are you telling me that there is only one God and his name is Jesus Christ? I said, yes, sir. That's what I'm telling you. He said that I cannot translate for you any longer until you rebaptize me in the name of Jesus. He said, our baptistry has been used for storage and it's filled with boxes. But if you will help me take the boxes out, you can fill it up with water and you can start with me. And when you baptize me, then we'll rebaptize my church in Jesus name. He wasn't ashamed. He wasn't afraid. He didn't care what anybody thought. He realized what I've had was a tradition, but what I'm about to get is the truth. He said, I'll go ahead and, and be rebaptized. I rebaptized that pastor in the only saving name of Jesus and then together we rebaptize his church in the only saving name of Jesus don't fight the spirit of revelation today don't fight God today embrace the truth be rebaptized in Jesus name when you are baptized in the name of Jesus hallelujah I never thought that I could get all sweaty in a studio, but I'm getting all sweaty in a studio because I'm excited about this message. When you are baptized in the name of Jesus, you have the Father's name. When you are baptized in Jesus' name, you have the name of the Son applied to your life. When you are baptized in Jesus' name, you have the name of the one who will fill you with the Holy Ghost. You can only become a born-again believer that sees the greater things of God by taking on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You must have his name or you cannot have his power you must i've come with good news if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, you can get a hold of, of whoever somebody on this team and they will make sure they find a place for you to be baptized in Jesus' name. They'll send somebody to you to baptize you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lastly, when you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, praise God, you become a born again believer. In John 4 and 24, the Bible says God is a spirit. In Ephesians 4 and 4, the Bible says there is only one spirit. Hallelujah. 
In John 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again of the Spirit. Hallelujah. In Acts 2 and 38, on the day of Pentecost, Peter commanded the people to repent, to be baptized in Jesus' name, and you shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's why in Acts 2, the Jews were filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts 8, the Samaritans were filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts 10, the Gentiles were filled with the Holy Ghost. God wanted every person in the world to know this fact. The Holy Ghost is for every man, every woman, every child, every color, every culture, every language. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. The Holy Ghost is for you. And today, everyone, everywhere is being filled with the Holy Ghost right now. And it's time for you to be born again as well. You can have the Holy Ghost right now. You can speak with other tongues right now. If you would just reach out to God in one second. Oh, you're going to be speaking in tongues in your living room. You're going to be speaking in tongues in your car. You're going to be everywhere. Hallelujah. If you want the power of God today, we are going to do five things together. And then everybody who's watching, everybody who's a part of this broadcast, if you do these five things in sincerity, God is going to instantly fill you with the Holy Ghost and release the spirit of revelation upon you. And you're going to be so hungry to be rebaptized in Jesus' name that you're going to call whoever you got to call to take on the name that's above every name. So what we're going to do together here today is simple. When I tell you to, wherever you are, we're going to lift up our hands. Why? Because when you lift your hands, it's a sign of surrender. You're saying, God, I'm going to hold nothing back. From this moment forward, I'm going to pursue you, chase after you. I'm not just partially persuaded. I'm all in. I'm going all the way. I want to be born again. And so we're going to lift our hands up high because we're surrendering everything to God. Then we're going to close our eyes because we don't want to be distracted unless you're driving. If you're driving, pull the car over, then close your eyes. But you're going to close your eyes so you're not distracted. And you're going to just get your focus on God without distraction. Then you're going to lift your head up high. Why? Because you can't get anything good from God when you hang your head. When you hang your head, it's a sign of shame, fear, and doubt. But when you lift up your head, it's a sign of boldness and courage and faith. And when you lift your head, you're going to feel faith begin to rise up in you. And then together with me, we're going to repent of our sins out loud. And then I'm going to speak the word of faith on this broadcast today. When I shout hallelujah, you are going to shout hallelujah wherever you are. And when you shout hallelujah, the spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. Because you've been obedient to the word. Because you repented of your sins. The spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you like rivers of living water. You're going to feel it in your belly. It's going to move to your chest and it's going to get a hold of your tongue. And wherever you are, your tongue is going to begin to speak sounds it's never made before. As the Holy Ghost comes upon 
you. Hallelujah. I want everybody who's watching right now to lift up your hands. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift up your head. And together with me, I want you to lift up your voice. And let's ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins today. God, I want you to hear my cry. I want you to hear my prayer. I want you to forgive me of my sins, God. I want you to wash me clean, Lord. I want you to forgive me of every evil word, every evil thought, every evil attitude, every evil action, every perverse spirit. I want to be with you, God. I want to be saved. I want to be made new. I want you, God, to make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. I want the old things to be passed away. I want everything to become new. God, forgive me right now. Wash me right now. Cleanse me right now. Oh, I can feel the Spirit moving right now. Lift up your voice and begin to praise the Lord. Go ahead and lift up your voice. Begin to praise the Lord and get ready to shout by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name Jesus, that name that's above every name, and by the power of the Holy Ghost that's coming where you are right now. I command you to receive the Spirit of truth. Receive the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Begin to speak with other tongues in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! 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 Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Speak with new tongues in the name of Jesus. Receive power. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive power in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I speak to cancer. It's healed right now. In the name of Jesus, I speak to diabetes. It's leaving your body right now. In the name of Jesus, I speak to every liver, kidney problem. You are healed right now. In the name of Jesus, I speak to pain in your body. I speak to arthritis. It must be gone in Jesus' name. The same power that just filled you is flowing coursing through your veins and you are healed now in Jesus name hallelujah you ought to lift your voice wherever you are and begin to speak with other tongues you ought to lift your voice wherever you are and begin to celebrate being a part of the kingdom you are being born again of the watering of the spirit hallelujah if you have never been baptized in Jesus name submit to the spirit of revelation that's coming upon you submit to that spirit of truth resist the traditions of men put that tradition of father son and holy ghost baptism aside and take on the name that's above every name because with that name you have access to everything in the kingdom God bless you all
Thank you so much for listening to the Apostolic Mentoring Podcast with Charles Robinette. We hope that you will tune in next week. Purchase our new book, Radically Apostolic, available on Amazon in English, German, Spanish, French, and Portuguese. See you on the next episode of Apostolic Mentoring.